0: Hey friend, Becky here. I'm your host and you're listening to We Are Free. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. If you're new here, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes with the incredible women I get to chat with every week. And if We Are Free has been an encouragement to you, it would mean so much to me if you headed over to iTunes to rate and review the show. Thank you so much for all of your support. All right, let's get going. I can't wait for you to listen to this latest episode. Welcome to We Are Free episode 63. My guest today is Jennifer Dukes-Lee. Jennifer lives on the fifth generation Lee family farm in Iowa, where she and her husband are raising crops, pigs, and two beautiful humans. She writes books, loves queso, and enjoys singing too loudly to songs with great harmony. Once upon a time, she didn't believe in Jesus. Now he is her CEO. Hey, Jennifer, welcome back to We Are Free.
1: I can't believe you're letting me
0: back. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I loved having you. I love chatting. You guys, oh, and, too. you're just catching up on some episodes. Jennifer was back on episode 58, not too long ago in November. Um, we talked about the idea and her book called It's All Under Control and- you'll have to go back and listen because if you are trying to grasp tightly to anything in your life or make things happen too quickly or forcing them or thinking you have control, we don't and God is in control, but go listen to that episode. That was the first time Jennifer was on the show and today we are going to be talking about her new book uh, called Growing Slow and I have my hands on a copy of this, you guys, before other people have and it's good and I like it a lot and um I'm just really excited to chat about that concept and that idea in today's world. Uh, but Jennifer, I'm sure that it's all under control and growing slow. Those two things are not mutually exclusive by, by any means, at least in my life, in my world. Um, tell me a little bit about how those two things connect for you and how you went from, you know, writing about it's all under control to writing about growing slow. Absolutely.
1: So basically, Becky, if I keep having all the problems that I have with control and rushing and all these things, I can just keep coming back on your podcast. Great, right? and I'll keep having you because
0: I'm dealing with the same stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're definitely related. I think that control has us living a sort of rushed existence, uh, feeling you know worried that how are we going to get things under control and how how can we. Uh, just sort of step back and let God take the reins. So in many ways, they are related and cause the same sorts of internal struggles that we face with anxiety and um, just that unsettled spirit that we have. But in many ways, they're quite different. Uh, it's all under control. Um, really zeroes in on those things that we want to manipulate and control and um, take matters into our own hands, um, running on ahead of God and those kinds of things. Growing slow is something else entirely in that it really deals with this concept of time. Um, I think that a lot of us treat time as the enemy. It's something to be squeezed and pushed into calendar boxes. Uh, we think that we're running out of time. We think that there's not enough time. Uh, we think that we're falling behind. But what I am hoping that I can help people see is that time is our friend and that that God is taking time and that God is friends with time and he uses time and seasons um, lengthy seasons sometimes to really grow us. And so I learned the lessons of what it means to grow slow from the farm, because we're planting seeds and waiting for things to pop up out of the ground. And it takes a long time. Sometimes growth is imperceptible. But this is the best kind of growth. Not overnight success in anything. Nobody's an overnight success in parenting. Nobody's an overnight success in writing. Nobody's an overnight success in the business, in a business, or in singing or whatever it is. Unless you're on American Idol or The Voice or something like that. Most of us need to take time to put down good roots. And I, I feel like I need to push pause there because I know some of your listeners are like, "What did she just say, <laughs> roots?" <laughs> okay, just so everybody knows, if I when I talk about roots through this podcast. I'm talking about roots. Roots. We got you. Roots. You got you. I got you. I'm a roots girl. Okay. Roots, roots, tomato, tomato. But anyway, this is all about putting down good roots. Okay. Got you.
0: Jennifer, so how and when did you realize that growing slow might be a better idea for
1: you and your life? Yeah. So I have been a grow fast kind of girl. I've been somebody who hurries and hustles and have often through my life looked back at it and thought I should be further along by now. Whether that's in parenting, thinking, how come my kids aren't walking? Or are they reading early enough? Or whatever it is. Or if it's in my writing, like, um, maybe I don't have enough Instagram followers. Or back when I was trying to get published, why can't I get a publisher to pay attention to me? Like, everybody else is getting published. That kind of thing. And so I was always treating time as the enemy and thinking that I was falling behind. Well, a couple years ago, here on the farm, it was a a year when we could not get into the field. There was rain upon rain upon rain. And this followed a harvest that was difficult the year before. And at one point I said to my husband, this is going to be a growing slow kind of year, isn't it? Slow into the fields, slow out of them. And we just have to wait. And he's like, yeah, it is. And I believed that even though we were slow into the fields and slow out of them, that God had a plan and he was going to make sure that we had a harvest and it was just gonna be a growing slow year. Like, cool, that's cool. But what I realized in that moment is that what I believed to be true for the land and for the farm, I didn't really believe to be true for my life. Like I trusted God with the land because it's so clear when you drop a seed in the ground that there's nothing you can do about it. You can't control the weather, you can't control the rain, any of it. But um, I didn't give him that kind of um, access to the pace of my own growth. And I began to explore my life in seasons. I have been a kind of a woman who wants to live in a constant cycle of plant, grow, harvest. Plant, grow, harvest. And what I see outside my window every day is that for one quarter of an entire growing season, it's winter. And that's a lot. I mean, that's a significant amount of time. That's right. A whole fourth of a year. But I don't give myself winter. I don't give, you know, trees, they, they just go dormant. And I'm like, okay, the, God makes sure that the trees have time to rest so that they can grow better and more beautiful in the spring. And if a tree needs to to rest in winter, what about me? Yeah. And what about those seasons when it's not my turn to shine or not my turn to grow? It's my turn to just sit, a, sit to the side and and live in that winter season of a soul. And man, that just that doesn't sound all that attractive, but it, and it's a hard word to hear, but it's one that we've got to take a look at and figure out how am I going to embrace really winter seasons? So yeah, it, it was a, it was a book that I wrote over the course of an entire year, watching the season outside my window. And I came away with a piece and a, uh, a deeper understanding of what it means to really live in and embrace the seasons of my life, whatever they may be.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about that growing slow mindset then um, in our world that is so in our lives and like hearts, a lot of the time they're so desperate for instant gratification and acknowledgement and affirmation and all of these things all the time. And with technology, like, how do we? How do we take a step back in the winter seasons? What does this look like day to day? Um, how How do we do this, and how do we embrace that?
1: Yes. So, actually, in the book, I uh, take people on this uh, a growing slow method. I call it, and at the end of each chapter, um, there are three R's: we remember, we reflect, and we return. And so um, this is really the growing slow method that I have practiced in my life. And you can make it a daily practice, you can make it a weekly practice. But the first thing you do is you remember what what did God say about my growth? What does God say about seasons? What is something I read or lyric of a song that I heard? Uh, some some bit of advice that somebody told me today. What is um, a moment that I that I captured on my iPhone? Something that I want to remember and really ponder that and reflect. So we remember then we reflect, like, what does this mean in my life? And what is God saying to me? How is the Holy Spirit speaking to me through this and really sitting with that? And then the third thing we do is we return. And I, I call it returning to the land. And so, I, my land is on a farm. Your land is wherever you live. People are in the suburbs and in the cities, and some are on farms as well. But you return to the land and you figure out what does that look like in my life, so let's say I read um, in Ecclesiastes 3.1, God makes everything beautiful in its time. So I re- let's say I read that today, I'm going to remember that. What is God saying to me about re- about everything being beautiful in its time? Um, actually, that's Ecclesiastes three eleven. Now <laughs> that i <just laughs> <thinking> of it, <laughs> but um, in any case, what does that say to me, and how can I apply that in my own life? And so ways to apply it depends depends on the thing that you're trying to remember mm-hmm. the thing that God is speaking to you but for me here are a few simple practices i have learned to one stop multitasking we think that multitasking is going to get us further ahead but it actually makes us less productive because we don't have a zeroed in focus on whatever we're doing we think that it just makes us feel rushed and anxious and gives us what i call a hurried heart uh, another idea that you could put into practice today is Sit down when you eat. Yes, that's how a good many one. of us at how many of us at lunch, especially, um, sit at the counter and just sort of shovel in a few bites of something. Maybe go put in a load of laundry, come back, eat a few more bites of something, and then get back to work. Like, what would it look like to really sit with our meal and and em, embrace the the goodness that God has put in, in in front of us? And then with our families, you know, through COVID, we put this into practice in a great way. We lit candles. We used the good china. We did, We just ate slow. It was all about slow food.
0: I love that one so much. I can totally relate. I, Our, my, our daughter has a metabolic disorder and we're constantly um, dealing with food. And that's like a huge focus in our lives. It's like we weigh all of her food. And if she doesn't eat it, we have to weigh it because we have to measure how much protein and phenylalanine that is in her food. But anyway, I'm, I'm at the counter constantly dealing with food. And I find myself so often like... I'm just trying to get it in, but it's so necessary. And when I'm finding myself like sitting down with her, um, it it just makes it so much better.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So I can,
0: I totally get that one.
1: Here's another one. I'm sure that a lot of you have done this, but I know I'm guilty of it. I'm in line at Target and um, there's two people ahead of me. And my immediate instinct is to grab the phone. And I see that I've got three emails and one of them is rather urgent. And there's no way that I can answer that email while I'm in line at the Target. But what it does is it creates in me a hurried heart because I can't deal with that until I get home. What would it be like to keep the phone in the purse or the pocket for things that you can't, it's only going to stress you out. It's not going to do you any good to read your email and Target or check Facebook or whatever it is. Just be present. Have a conversation with the person in line in front of you. Pay attention to what's happening around you. Take deep breaths and just be. I mean, you know, there's so many little practices. I mean, yes. let me confess that I've even picked up my phone at like a red light. Yeah. Like, oh, I, You're I've not got alone. Three, I. I have three seconds here. I better see if anybody's texted me. <laughs> Which is so crazy. And we all do that. And it's so wild to think like,
0: yeah, three seconds. Like why it's like, why do we fill our time with that all the time? Uh, one thing we've been doing, or I do when I'm actually being intentional about is is I'll leave my phone in the glove compartment, whether my husband and I are going somewhere or whatever, even if we're going for a walk, I was like, I'm leave. One of us will bring it in case of emergency, but like, phone's going to just be in the glove compartment. I do not need to have my phone in target. Like, because, and I only do it because I'm so guilty of like constantly looking at it. It's like, okay, I need to literally not have it on me in order to have the discipline not to look at it.
1: That's right. That is a good, that's a good practice. That's a good practice. Um, Yeah. You know, and another one, uh, Becky, that really is just about a a set mindset. It's really a mindset. It's not something that you do. It's more along the lines of the way you think with this whole remember, reflect, and return. And it is just deciding that time is your friend and not your enemy, and that we are made to go through different seasons, and that God is the best growth of all is growth that happens over time and puts down those deep roots. You know, like a corn plant, it can't, a corn plant out here. It it actually can survive windstorms. It can actually survive drought. Uh, and sometimes I'll look out and think, "There's no way there's going to be a harvest off of that plant." But what happens in those years is that it it puts down deep roots. It goes even deeper to find water. It goes even deeper to sustain itself through the storms of life. Well, that is us too. Like allowing ourselves the time to grow incrementally, even if it feels sometimes imperceptible. When we put a seed in the ground here, um, that seed goes in a dark, dark place. And if I were that corn seed, I'd probably be like, what's happening here? Why am I in the dark? But I have never once seen a corn plant freaking out. Mm -hmm. just does what it does. And Jesus says that, you know, plants do not labor or spin and they also don't check their phones in Target checkout lines. Right, right, they do not. There's a a lot to learn by paying attention to the created world around us.
0: Yeah, Jennifer, let's say um, it's like a really rough season, whatever it is. I think winter, like we can embrace it, yes. But sometimes it's like, Disheartening sometimes. What I don't know, different situations, whatever situation somebody is in who is listening. um, How do we embrace it when it's like when it's really rough?
1: Yes. So we've all gone through winter seasons um, and we all are most assuredly going to go through another. So this is what you would do if you're in a winter season right now. You would remember when you were last in a winter season, you would reflect on what God taught you in that winter season, how he, uh, how in that moment you, you couldn't see it, but now in, in the rear view mirror, you can, that he built in you, you know, maybe patience, um, endurance, perseverance, how you put down good roots, how you couldn't see that anything that you were even parenting your kid right, or you were doing marriage right, or doing your business right. But you can see in hindsight, that you were putting down deep roots and that things were happening even in the winter season. So you, you remember that you reflect on that. And then you return to the here and now you return to your land and think, how can I Lord, how can you give me peace in this place because my circumstances aren't changing um, I don't know when this winter season will be over, but because you are a God in control of time, and because you are a God who moves us through seasons, help me, Lord, to live and and really thrive in this winter season, and these and and to embrace these times as ones that build um, character and build us into the kinds of people that God really wants us to be. Yeah, it's kind of too bad
0: we know we don't know that it's going to be a quarter of a year or that like March or April is. Gonna- <laughs> And you know we'll be able to move out of that. Um, I sort of envy the uh, the plants in that regard. But um, one of my favorite things, Jennifer, that I see you doing online in your writing on Instagram is you're coming alongside women and challenging them to look at the events of their lives and the pace at which it's all happening in a different light. And that's what we're talking about right now. Um, and that whole idea of I should be farther along by now. Um, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, I know, you know, the remembering and the reflecting, but like, let's say that's on somebody's mind. Like I should be farther along by now um, and comparing, you know, the gifts that God has given somebody else and like applying that to our own lives. Like, I feel like we're all guilty of that in different ways. How do we take a step back from that um, in different ways? Is there anything else you can tell us as far as like, as far as that mindset?
1: Absolutely. Everybody deals with this. I just came away from a a weekend retreat where I was serving teens, teenagers, and even teenagers feel it like it. What what I want to tell you, no matter what age you are, is that there really are no milestones. Mm -hmm. You aren't behind anything. There are no milestones for these things. You know, the teen says to me, but I should know by now, which college I'm going to or what I'm going to do with my life. Well, yeah, but by the time you get to college, the chances are you're going to change your your major three or four times. You right. might even change schools. You might decide you're not going to go to college. Like there's no milestones for these kind of things. There's no milestone for this is the age you ought to be when you get married or even if you get married. There are no milestones for these things, even for it, it, when you should have kids or even if you should have kids. let the Let the mama... Just enjoy the one child instead of saying, well, now by now you should be having another. There are no milestones for any of these things, for when you should advance in a career, for how, long, how far along you should be in your spiritual life, uh, for what you should have done uh, in your career when you're 65 years old and you look back on your life and think, what do I have to show for it? Well, maybe the other, maybe the way of looking at all of this is like, instead of asking all the time, what am I growing and what am I producing and what am I harvesting in my life? Instead, turn it around and and think about what is God growing in me? Not what am I growing and how is God using me out in the world? But what is God growing in me? And when you look at it that way, when you think about it from God's perspective, when you see that the, the difference that you're making, you would, and see it from God's perspective, you would never doubt for a second that your life matters right where you are and that you are not falling behind. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm getting to preach on Becky. I'm I like it.
0: it. I like <laughs> it. You guys, she's got her arms going. I like it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just, I talk with my hands. She's great. Oh my goodness. So basically we need to take the pressure off ourselves. We need to stop putting so much pressure on ourselves because at the end of the day, like, right, there's no milestones. The only thing we're comparing it to is everybody else's life. That's right. (laughs) I mean, so-and-so, this happened at this age or this time, whatever. And like, so we put the pressure on ourselves to make that happen as well. Um, I think something that I've experienced, uh, quite honestly, in these seasons is like, and I'm in one now is, and I'll try not to tear up because I tear up when I talk about things that I'm going through. But um, so let's say I'm not putting the pressure on myself, but it's more of like a feeling of... Like loneliness or being left behind,
1: mm-hmm. yes.
0: In one way or another. So how how do we how do we heal that as we're trying? We know in our heads, you know, I know something mm-hmm. to be true, but in our hearts, we're just having a rough time feeling left out, almost.
1: Right. So Becky, I can see your eyes, and I, you know, all of us can hear um, the emotion coming out that's how, that is how we heal. See, this is the power of a winter season, right? And, and it can be very lonely, but if if you're the, a person like I am that tries to run constantly, plant, grow, harvest, we never allow ourselves the time to truly heal. Can I tell you a story about a farm metaphor that I, I think will help? Yes, please. <laughs> um, my husband the farmer here, says that winter heals the land. And I'm like, when he first told me that, I'm like, how is that so? And how it's so is that even though it looks dead, even though it looks lonely and it's dark and dreary in winter, there is so much life happening under the soil. Little critters and microbes and all kinds of things. And one of the most beautiful parts about winter is that um, it, the frost thaw cycle will cause rocks to emerge. When I was a kid, my first job was picking rock, it was called. A farmer would come into town, all of us kids would go out and we would walk literally hundreds of acres to pick up rocks and throw them in a flatbed trailer. Well, the next year you'd think, well, we don't have to go back and do that field again because we did it last year. Nope, because of the frost-thaw cycle, more rocks are constantly emerging. What I want to pitch out to all of us is that we have in the soil of our hearts rocks that need to come up and emerge, and that in the winter seasons of our life, we allow God to use a sort of frost-thaw cycle to have those rocks emerge, those burdens that we carry emerge, whether it is uh, the burden of loneliness, whether it is the burden of betrayal, abandonment. There is something very powerful in giving ourselves the time and space to cry, even on a podcast, <laughs> to talk about a friend, uh, to, to talk with a friend about what hurts—it doesn't make it go away, but it's extremely powerful. I saw that in action this weekend with these with these teens that I was serving. We sat in in circles, um, hour after hour, laying down burdens, and there is power in naming what hurts and deciding that you know we're just going to. Put this at the foot of the cross, and you know together we're going to make sure we don't pick this up again. I think it's it's a powerful healing thing that you can only do when you are refusing to live in this constant uh, way of productivity. Because when I get lonely, Becky, you know what I do? I go back to my old numbing mechanisms, mm-hmm. mechanisms and coping mechanisms, which is essentially to work, I've just work. <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> my my Apple Watch, Becky says, hmm, "I'm having trouble here." I you. heard her. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Stop it. Watch. See, I'll never be lonely. I've got yeah. theory attached. She yeah. she wants to hear me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Jennifer didn't know she was signing up to do therapy with me this morning. <laughs> she did not know that, but oh, here she is. Uh, no, I I. And I only say it publicly because I know I'm not alone in that. And I've been through long winter seasons before and it's so good. Everything you're saying is so true. Like, and I think it, it, like, remember what God has done and remember what he's saying. And I love in the Old Testament, how like God does something for them. I'm going to build an altar to the Lord. So I have a physical reminder that, you you showed up and you you did something in my life, whatever it was. Um, so coming back to that, I think is so important um, and I just I thank you for your your wise, kind words. Um, I think it is it's comforting for me, and I think other people will hopefully feel that as well mm-hmm. uh Jennifer, what are you? outside of some of the things we talked about, what else are you excited about? Something that you've written about in this book that you just, you cannot wait for women to get their eyes and ears on so that they can start applying this um, in their everyday life and their, the long seasons. Um, Yeah, what are you excited about?
1: Oh man, there's so many things. Give me a couple. Yeah, well, one of the things that I'm really excited about are these videos that I've created to go with the content. I've been getting a sneak peek of the videos. We actually, it, t- it took me 18 months to create these things. Um, and trying to create these during COVID was really hard because of, you know, the social distancing and all that. But we have been out here in rain, in wind, in, in snow. We've had drone footage of our farm and the, the, these videos are just beautiful and I really think they're going to help women, uh, unhurry their hearts. Uh, I, I, imagine, um, groups of women together, like going through growing. slow. I mean, I'm, I'm praying about that. I've been praying about that for 18 months just for, for them to see on the screen what I'm talking about and to feel it. Um, session four, I, I just got a sneak peek of that, uh, the other day and, um, it's a, It's all about the harvest in terms of like the har- the the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Mm. And in that session, I mean, I've never written anything about evangelism, like let's get out and share the gospel. It's just not my, it's not what I do, but I was so passionate about that. And so I've got this, this whole session, session four, just really wanting to fire people up to get in the field and start planting seeds in people. Because the workers are few. Yeah, we got to get out there. We got to get out there. So um, I'm really charged up about that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I'm I've seen the sneak peek, the like the behind the scenes of you creating these videos, um, and I'm excited to see to see what uh, the outcome is of those.
1: Me too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm excited. Well, I know the outcome because I'm seeing them. Right. I'm excited to like hear from from women that are going through it. I just it's something that I was just poured my heart into Mm -hmm. Then I also, and there are, they are a pre-order incentive for for the book. They're free. I mean, Mm -hmm. even though they're worth about 50, 60 bucks, but I'm offering them for free. And then we also have a growth tracker and it helps people in a practical way, apply that concept of remember, reflect, return. And then I've got this growth tracker that helps them figure out where am I growing? Where do things feel slow? What do I feel good about? And, um, it takes them through, um, month by month through seasons of tracking their growth.
0: That's great. Especially for us type A girls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can have something to look at. I, My daughter has a kindness tracker and she gets a sticker. Maybe I'll give myself some stickers too. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jennifer, um, in all of this that you have learned over the years and that that long season at the beginning um, where you first were really feeling all of this deeply, what do you feel that God has set you free from?
1: Man, you know this isn't anything related to growing slow but i just got to say it's approval the approval of people that was my first problem that i covered in my very first book club idol but i'm telling you i can honestly stand here and say i have been set free from needing people's approval and that's a really big deal to me because that's something that that just weighed me down for most of my life and I think if we can get that one figured out and really lay that one down before the Lord, I think a lot of things come into place. I yeah. think a lot of things fall into place.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think, again, people can relate to that. Um, when does this book come out? May 11th. Okay. Uh, so May 11th, we can get it probably anywhere. <laughs> That's right.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I'm recording the audiobook. Really excited about that and going to Nashville to record that. And that's fun to voice your own book. Yeah. So we'll hear we'll hear uh, roots then in that yes. one. <laughs> yeah. And so the funny thing is I, I'm asking the audiobook people, can I just basically give a little disclaimer? Cause I think some people are going to be like, what did she say? <laughs> I took I did a poll. I did a poll on my Instagram stories and I t- told people this is how I say it. And I'm like, do I own it or do I change it? would they and say?
0: 80% said own it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like your book is called Growing Slow. It's about you're an accidental farm girl. I mean, in context, you would hope people know what it means, but <laughs> right. um, they'll figure it out, I think.
1: I think they will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer,
0: thank you just for taking the time and your wise words and just sharing what God has done in your life and through these things so that we can all benefit and have God work in our lives in the same way. It's so—it's um, just a gift. It's really a gift. Uh, so thank you for doing that. And thanks for being here again. Loved it. Thank you so much, Becky. Yeah. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.